Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Welcome to R slash legal advice, where a murder saves someone's life. Our next Reddit post is from a little bit pissed. Five years ago, I was stalked for six months by a guy that I knew less than one month. We dated very briefly. I broke things off, and things seemed amicable until he started showing up outside my house and demanding I be with him or else. He's decided that he's a good man and he deserves a chance. He threatened that if he didn't get a chance, he'd kill me or hopefully I'd kill myself. After six months of daily threats, 10-plus police reports, multiple restraining order attempts, moving, getting rid of all social media, he found me and kicked my door in at midnight. I ended up, wow, I ended up shooting him after a lot of games on his part. He was finally sentenced and went to jail for five years. I guess he was on parole for about four months after his release because I immediately started receiving messages and comments from him. He just picked right back up where he left off. I contacted the parole board, and they said that he was released from supervision a few days before. I've contacted the cops, was approved for a restraining order, but of course, they haven't been able to serve it. They said that they can't prove the messages are from him despite him using his name, posting his pictures, and literally commenting my name and talking about the shooting and comment replies. The detective is waiting for a subpoena from Reddit to prove that it's him. I'm documenting every bit of harassment, of course, but I'm just exhausted. Is there anything else I can do in the meantime? Yeah, OP. Buy a bigger gun. Our next Reddit post is from Despicable Dad. My dad was married to another woman before being married to my mother. It was only for a couple of years, but they had one child, my older sister. My mom was actually working as the babysitter of their child and ended up marrying my dad when my older sister was five years old. I was born nine years later, and then my younger sister was born two years after that. After my younger sister was born, my mom decided that she didn't care at all about my older sister, and that my older sister was taking resources from my younger sister and I. I'm not trying to defend my mom's actions, just give context. My mom basically prevented our dad from paying for my older sister to go to college or helping my older sister financially in any way along with pretty badly abusing my older sister while dad was away on business trips. My older sister is now in her late 30s. I'm in my late 20s, and my younger sister is in her mid-20s. Our dad passed away of heart failure a few weeks ago, and all hell has broken loose. Apparently, some time ago, my dad convinced my mom to divorce him for tax reasons. My mom is not good with money. 
and he was paying her a good chunk of change in alimony every month while they still lived together. So my dad's will has left nothing for her, except for one small house that he owned in the middle of nowhere. Younger sister and I were both given trust funds that pay out a monthly stipend and can be used for certain expenses. Everything else, my dad's business, the money, and all the other houses, everything was left to my older sister. This doesn't really bug me because I wasn't interested in taking up the family business and I have a decent career of my own. But my mother apparently doesn't have a savings or retirement fund of any kind and hasn't worked since she babysat my older sister ages ago. She didn't even finish high school. She dropped out to marry my dad when she turned 18. I tried approaching my older sister to talk to her about giving some to my mom so that she doesn't have to work. OP, what? Are you nuts? But my older sister is pretty firm on making sure that my mom gets nothing. I tried going from the angle that our dad was kind of a predator. He was never faithful to my mom either and that my mom didn't know any better. But my older sister is of the opinion that my mom being poor is her just desserts for the crap that my mom put her through. I tried to see if maybe mom could contest the will on the grounds of them having a common law marriage, but apparently, in my state, common law marriage was done away with in the 1920s. My older sister is the executor of the estate, and it's in probate right now. I gave a copy of the will to my friend's dad, who's a lawyer, and he said that he'd take a look at it over the weekend. OP, I guess I understand why you're advocating for your mom because she's your mom and you love her, but I am completely not on your side here. Your dad had a will, and in that will he left one tiny house to your mom. That means that's all he wanted her to have. Not the business, not the money, not anything else. OP, if you want to support your mom financially, then you can do that. But to expect your older sister to pay her abuser is just insane. The fact that you turned to Reddit to try to figure out how to steal money from your older sister and pay her abuser makes me think that you're just as bad as your mother. Our next Reddit post is from Angleswa. I'm a 21-year-old man, and my tender girlfriend of three months is actually dangerously underage at 15 years old. To clarify, to the best of my knowledge, my girlfriend would never do anything to hurt me, which includes tattling to her parents. Or at least, I hope not. I've been looking to settle down recently, and I met a gorgeous girl on Tinder where we hit it off instantly and have been pursuing a relationship for the past 13 months. Yes, this includes the physical side. Obviously, before I found out about her real age. We've discussed age-related things before, and she had always seemed so well-versed in her high school days and university work that I never even noticed anything was up. The age on her profile is 19. I never thought to doubt it because she looks to be about 20 years old anyways and has the maturity of someone around that age too. She asked me to grab some cash out of her wallet yesterday and I found an old ID with her real birth year on it. I haven't confronted her on it and personally I have no idea how to even begin. I was falling in love with her and now I feel completely duped. Obviously, I haven't pursued any sexual stuff with her after I found out, but I'm so heartbroken. I'm not a P-word, but I really have no idea how to deal with this. Any advice is appreciated. So if you're curious about this one, turns out that OP is mostly in the clear because all the evidence he had supported that she was of age, so he's more or less safe. But obviously, he needs to end the relationship immediately. Our next Reddit post is from Pickpocket Take Back. 
I was at North Park Mall in Dallas this week with a friend when I noticed that my car keys and wallet were missing. I don't know where or how they went missing, but I immediately walked out to my car. My friend told me to hide five lanes over from my car and wait for someone pinging my car. Sure enough, 20 to 40 minutes later, I saw the lights and horn honk on my car a few dozen times before I saw someone come over to it. I walked up to interrupt the guy, and he stopped and turned around to walk away. My wallet was in his hand, and so were my keys, so I drew my gun and told him to stop. My friend went the other way and blocked him from the other side. Well, anyone who knows North Park Mall knows where this is going. Less than a minute later, cops were yelling at me to drop the pistol and get on the ground. The police detained all three of us and soon determined that the car, wallet, keys, and 500 bucks in cash the guy had on him was mine. The cops saw the license to carry that I had in my wallet and told me that since I pulled my gun when I didn't have my wallet on me, then I wasn't properly licensed to carry a pistol? I call BS on that because obviously they were just making it up, but they arrested me anyways. My friend was free to go, but since he's not insured on my car, the cops had to tow my car, even though my friend could have easily driven off my car himself. I was taken to the police station and put in a holding cell for an hour or two before I was released with no charges. Not one cop talked to me outside of telling me that I could go. They handed me back my phone and wallet. They told me that my gun was in property and gave me a location where I could go request it back. The car is in the impound lot and will require impound fees to be paid. Later on, I was able to head to the gun store where I bought the pistol and get a reprint of the receipt. I made an appointment and I was able to get my gun returned with very little hassle. I was told on the phone that I would need an insurance card to get my car released from the Dallas Auto Pound as well as my driver's license. I arrived with my insurance card and license only to be told that I would also need a copy of the title. I head back to the tax office and get my title only to learn that it's now too late to get the car back. I'll have to wait until Monday while the fees are just racking up. I am beyond furious here. Obviously, all this money is coming out of my pockets. My question is, how do I recoup this money? Since my pistol and all my other property was returned to me, I'm guessing that I'm pretty much free and clear criminally because the cops usually don't release firearms if there's an ongoing criminal case. I'm mainly concerned about the money. It's not going to break my bank, but four days worth of impound fees are going to get expensive real quick. You know, the crazy thing is, since this is Texas, which has some of the most pro-gun owner laws in the country, my guess is that OP probably would have faced fewer legal repercussions if he had just shot the guy and taken back his wallet and keys. To be clear, I'm not saying that's what OP should have done, because that's pretty extreme to getting your wallet stolen. I'm just saying Texas is kind of backwards, let's be honest. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. 
Then enter code rslash at checkout. That's rslash, R-S-L-A-S-H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code rslash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code rslash. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com RS. ZocDoc.com RS. Our next credit post is from Slander Problem. I met this girl on an app in October. We went on a few dates, and since then she's come to my place once a week or so, and we hung out and all that. I was really into her, but also really busy with school, so I didn't have time to hang out with her as much as she wanted. We were hanging out, and she went to the bathroom and left her phone on the sofa. It buzzed, so I looked at it, and I saw a text from another guy. I opened the message and screenshotted the conversation and sent it to myself. I wanted it as evidence for when I confronted her. When I did, she said that we weren't exclusive so she could talk to whoever she wanted. I said that she shouldn't be texting other guys in my house. It's disrespectful. She told me that she didn't text him, he texted her. And she couldn't control when he texted her. She left and ignored all my texts and calls after. I was really pissed off about the whole thing. I was kind of blinded by my emotions and unthinkingly posted the screenshot on Facebook and tagged her. In the post, she was referred to as a cheater. She untagged herself pretty quickly and the post was removed. However, I heard through a mutual friend that she may have lost a job offer at a political agency because of it, though I don't know if that's true. I lost a lot of friends over this post and a lot of people took her side. I'm pretty emotionally wrecked by the whole thing. I really liked her and I thought that we'd be good together and now I not only lost her but a bunch of people hate me. She hasn't spoken to me, but someone gave me the heads up that she's going to sue me for slander. I'm wondering if I should get a lawyer or send a cease and desist to stop talking badly about me to my friends. I would just like the situation to go away. Well, OP, it will go away after she sues you and wins. Then you'll suffer the consequences and the problem will go away. OP, you crazily overreacted and she should sue you. Though it should be for libel, not slander, because slander is spoken and libel is written. And you were dumb enough to write this down, which means you gave your girlfriend evidence. So you're pretty much destined to lose OP. Our next Reddit post is from Forward Opinion. Am I obligated to return a ring that was given to my deceased wife by the guy that she was having an affair with? My wife and I separated a couple of months ago after she confessed to having a long-term affair with a guy that she grew up with. He gave her a ring that had belonged to his deceased grandmother after she told him that we were separating. My wife died a few weeks ago, and both my wife's relatives and the family of the guy that she was having an affair with have been up my butt about this ring. 
It's currently in my possession, and I do not intend to return the ring. We hadn't actually filed for a divorce yet, and my wife didn't have a will. It's my understanding that I'm the sole beneficiary of her estate, since we were still married at the time of her death. I assume that this extends to the ring, which I have plans for. I just want to know if either family has any sort of legal standing to demand its return before I follow through with these plans. I understand that this is not the kindest route that I could take given the circumstances, but I'm not looking for moral advice here. Suffice to say, there's a lot of background that I didn't include, because this would have been a very long post if I got into all of that, and it's not relevant to the legal end of things. OP, you're just gonna leave us hanging like that? You're gonna say, I have plans for the ring, but not tell us what they are? Come on! Are you gonna sell it? Throw it into the ocean? We gotta know! My vote, OP, is to sell it. The second this guy started boning your wife, it became completely justifiable to do whatever you want to with that ring. Our next Reddit post is from Crane. I accidentally created an army of crow bodyguards. Am I liable if my murder attempts murder? To make a long story short, I'm a late 20-something living in Portland, Oregon. I had a pretty intense emo-slash-goth phase as a tween that I thought that I'd grown out of. A couple of months ago, I was watching a nature program on our local station about crows. The program mentioned that if you feed and befriend crows, they'll bring you small gifts. My emo phase came back full force, and I figured that I was furloughed and I had lots of time, so why not make some crow friends? My plan worked a little too well, and the resident five crows in my neighborhood have turned into an army 15 strong. At first, my neighbors didn't mind and enjoyed it. They were mostly elderly, and most of them were in a bird-watching club anyway. They thought the fact that I had crows following me around whenever I go outside was funny. Lately, the crows have started defending me. My neighbor came over to chat, and the crows started dive-bombing her. They wouldn't stop until she left my yard. They didn't make physical contact with her, but they got very close. Am I liable if these crows injure someone since I fed them? Obviously, I can't control the crows. I would rather them not attack my neighbors. But since I technically created this nuisance, could I be financially on the hook for any injuries? To be clear, they're not aggressive 100% of the time. If just the neighbors are outside, they're friendly, normal crows. They only get aggressive when someone gets close to me or my property. Then, OP posted an update. To make a long story short, I called our local Audubon Society. They didn't think that feeding crows was bad, and suggested that the neighbor also start feeding them so they essentially became better socialized. The plan worked, and now, the crows are a beloved part of our community. There have been no recent dive bombings. Most amazingly, the crows may have legitimately saved my neighbor. Our city had a pretty big ice and snow event recently. Like I said in my last post, most of my neighbors are older. One of my neighbors was walking down his steep driveway, slipped, and couldn't get back up. The crows started going ballistic and were making more noise than we have ever heard before. A different neighbor went outside to see what was up and found the fallen gentleman in his driveway. Our neighbor is mostly okay, just some serious bruises. Needless to say, the crows have been getting some high-value food since then. OP was afraid of a murder committing murder, but instead, a murder saved someone's life. That was our slash legal advice, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.